Welcome back to another episode of Let's Get To It. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. And it is episode 22. And we're going to talk about tradition and ritual. Yeah. Yeah. I always try to make that sound like really special. (laughs) (laughs) They are really special. We do really special things on this podcast. Traditions, rituals, you know, what are... What are some of those traditions and rituals that we keep for ourselves? Uh, what have we thrown away over the years? New things? What's important? It's a pretty big topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Vast. So as many usual. definitions, too, for each one of these things. You know, I think about ritual and I think of like, you know, the daily rituals as far as like the things that almost seem like routine. You mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. we call them the morning ritual. I'm going to wake up in the morning, I'm going to do this sequence of things, and then I'm going to do this thing next, you know? Um, or there's like the true like I'm gonna go and bury a lock of my hair on the full moon ritual, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um there's everything from just the birthday party for myself once a year to like the birthday meditation ritual mm-hmm. or tradition, you know. So I I think about all those different ways that we can categorize like a ritual for ourselves, depending on what we're talking about. Yeah. And I think whether it's a micro or macro ritual or tradition the, that those practices make us feel at home mm. or it, it'd be interesting to investigate like like the why right you know right. what do those rituals and traditions do for us or how do we feel fulfilled like like for example a morning ritual you know you, your coffee right um sauna is that still part of oh, it oh i wish not right now but um <laughs> but hot shower like hot definitely shower. like steam and all that like, yeah good time yeah so do you feel thrown off if something about that morning routine or ritual is absent or like yeah. in terms of your own like daily regulation? Yeah, like if I don't get that, that heat time, like if I don't get a hot shower that these days, then that kind of throws me off a little bit. Mm. You know, it's like that's kind of like the cap to my time mm-hmm. in the morning. You know, I've got like my wake up time, my work time, my study time. And then it's like, okay, it's six o'clock. I'm jumping in the shower. I'm going to take my shower and then I'm going to transition into the rest of the day. But if like, if I don't get that like 6 a.m. shower time, then it does, it does. I'm thinking about it really for the next couple of hours, you know, or yeah. like think if like, if I get up at five o'clock in the morning versus four, or if I get up at seven or something like that, it'll throw my whole morning off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So like rituals is really sort of grounding practices mm-hmm. for a whole day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, that's that's interesting because it's such a, um, you can look at that on the micro, but then you can also look at that on the macro, like how a ritual can become a grounding process, you know, like mm-hmm. how taking 10 breaths can make us feel and like really ground us for the whole week or whatever it be. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I think um, as probably I find myself like many of you out there, I'm, constantly trying to build a meditative practice Mm, or, mm. you know, mindfulness is the the buzzword of every year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I feel like part of that, again, I just said it, practice, building that practice is just starting, starting simply. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it is five breaths or 10 breaths, and then maybe it becomes 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever it is, but sort of building building that in somehow, if that's important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, uh, and different rituals, maybe even on different days. I know you and I talked about schedule, mm-hmm. like um, actually in our adaptation episode, we were talking about, you know, being a morning person or morning classes and the, yeah, the coffee yeah. and the two chains. If you haven't <laughs> listened to that episode, you should. Um, and I think about 
how certain mornings for me are are really different. So it's always important that I know what day it is. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> because my Monday morning is very different from my Tuesday. Right, right. And is different from my Thursday and is different from my um, my Saturday. So um, for me, I guess I don't have the same... I don't have the same go-to every morning totally. because I'm just like, okay, what day is it? Okay, this is what I do on this day. Mm. I definitely resonate with that. Yeah. I think that some things are always going to be the same, like the the kind of like wake-up coffee routine. Yeah. Is regard like because for me like kind of each one of my training days starts on a different at a different hour, you mm-hmm, know. So mm-hmm. like Fridays my first sessions at 7:30. So mm-hmm. I'm leaving my house pretty early, which means I'm waking up pretty early to try to get myself into that space whereas like Monday my first like in-person session might not be until 11 o'clock, mm-hmm. right? So it's going to look completely different on a Monday versus like a Wednesday where I don't have any sessions. I'm just like that's my Saturday. I'm home mm-hmm. with my fam. Um so that's also going to look different, but for me that first hour mm-hmm. is going to look identical each mm-hmm. one of those days unless it's a Friday and I don't have that extra bit of time. Then it's kind of like I'm just going to buckle down and some of those other things can kind of get thrown to the to the wayside. But Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's dive into maybe tradition a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, any traditions in with yourself, family that kind of stick out or in the forefront of your mind that's important that – have kind of stuck with you maybe from childhood. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I grew up with like a prayer practice, an Islamic prayer practice as a kid. It was like big in my family, big in like, you know, just taking that time to like make ablution and go and and pray whatever prayer it is of the day. Um, And in my adolescence, that became kind of like my in hindsight, really, it became like my saving grace in a lot of in a lot of times because it would be like I might be hanging out with everybody and then you know get it in my head that I'm just gonna go home and take a shower. Like I'm I, I'm in Maryland, right? It's like humid, you know. Mm-hmm. So in the summertime, like if you're if you're a fairly stylish person, you're probably gonna go home and shower before the second part of the day, mm-hmm. you know. So like might shower first thing in the morning, get ready, get fresh, go out, hang out with people until like mid-afternoon and then be like, okay, this is what we're going to get into the evening. So I'm going to go home, catch a shower, refresh myself, change, you know, do all these things. And oftentimes in that time period, I would also pray, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And it was like, it was definitely different, you know. Like I might have smoked like some weed or something Mm -hmm. like that with my friends and like gotten in the zoned out place and be like, I'm going to go home and meditate, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then that would be like what my prayer was in that moment. It would be like kind of like a heady meditation in that way. Um, But that was just kind of like, where I anchored to like I've never been the type of person that's going to sit down and watch tv or like veg Mm -hmm. out or something like that like I kind of am just constructive just Mm -hmm. in the way that I think about things so um a lot of the times that tradition would anchor me back like I would be home I'd be showered I'd be ready to leave and then I'd think to myself like oh I can just pray real quick let me just take a take 10 minutes and say a prayer you know Mm -hmm. and then take 10 minutes and pray um that definitely has continued like if I have 10 minutes in the morning or something like that and I'd be like oh yeah I've got a half an hour like let me just pray real quick Mm. and it definitely like I notice that my shoulders drop when I get into that headspace um just like a it's a it and really it's a it's a gratitude tradition like it's a tradition that my folks passed on to me that's just like take this time slow down be very intentional about everything that you're going to think about in this time 
the things that you're going to say, the way that you're going to move, and then then you can have your time back, like take it back and go mm-hmm. back to do whatever you want to do. So that tradition definitely still survives with me, and I plan on, and you know, it's within my my now nuclear family, and mm-hmm. plan on kind of continuing that going forward. And it might look different than it did, you know, like you know the way that I recite prayers or what I'm praying about or what sequence of things that I'm doing might look a lot different than like it would have looked from the way that my parents taught me how to do it um but the the foundation of it Mm. is still very similar it's just a time of gratitude a time of like humbling myself and and kind of acknowledging everything that went into my moment Mm. that's beyond my own doing and it you know that could be everything from like the highly spiritual side of things like the unseen to like no like this is wood on this chair that I'm sitting on, it was a tree at some point. Like, let me mm. take some time and acknowledge that. You mm. know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Again, I just think of the word grounding and that mm. just sort of bringing that sense of grounding or calm right. about things. Right. Peace. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just seems like a really peaceful time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I envy that. <laughs> <laughs> do you something I'm any, working on. <laughs> do you have anything like that yourself that, like, was a tradition that you grew up with? Maybe not, like, a prayer specifically, but, like, anything that kind of like a even if it wasn't grounding like anything that resonates with you in that same way yeah you know it's it's really interesting um I I'm in a little bit of a different camp because I feel like I'm trying to create new traditions for myself um and part of I I I feel like there was sort of a a break in this idea of of tradition for me personally um, when my family broke up and when there was a divorce in my family. So, um, even just, you know, traditionally speaking, I I didn't grow up in a, in a very religious household necessarily. So we didn't have religious practice that was, um, commonplace for us. Um, you know, kind of years later, you know, my mom's a very spiritual person. My dad's actually a practicing Catholic now. So I think things kind of like split off and we all sort of discovered ourselves Mm. in in that sort of split um but yeah I I, you know traditions are are an interesting one sort of around cultural traditions or holiday traditions um because it it felt like just we had sort of a consistent thing with with family and togetherness and then it kind of stopped um which is just really interesting for a child to process um, and kind of figure out like, okay, how is, how is my life organized? And, um, I don't know, I guess if I, if I'm really trying to think about tradition in that, in that sense, I think of sports Mm -hmm. for me. Um, if I'm going to kind of like put something in the place of that, Mm -hmm. like I've, I found, um, tradition in sort of in that, um, in the playing of sports, in the watching of sports, kind of this celebration of sports, mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like that was sort of like a constant, right. if I, if I want to think of that. I don't know if that's a weird thing to, to say, but, um, you know, the, the, the ritualization of, you know, certain games play, being played, like um, basketball was really big in my household. So, you know, the winter season mm-hmm. was just really important. So the, the tradition of going to games, um, and what, what in particular brought me close to my dad was um, going to basketball games. We used to go to UMass games, um, the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Um, 
so yeah, we had these things that we did together that sort of mm-hmm. were, were kind of nice. Or, or um, you know, I remember the first time I got to go to a Red Sox game um, in Boston. And so those things kind of stick out in my mind that um, just traditions around this is actually the first time I'm even thinking about this. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's really what you guys are getting like full <laughs> stream of consciousness right now as I'm trying to get through this. And I don't think I'm realizing it until literally this moment, like how important that was, mm. that, that tradition of sort of sp- sporting events and mm-hmm. sports games. And that was kind of what became, you know, really important for some of those relationships in my family. Right. And I love sports. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. You know, yeah. Uh, oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. All right. Revelation. Mm-hmm. We need, like, a chime when that happens. Like we do. We need a chime or a gong would be nice. If anyone out there can just well, send us these instruments, that would be great. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to level up. Next time, we're going to have sound effects. We could probably add that in post-production. Right, right. Um. <laughs> Something cool. No, I mean, I, I definitely, as I'm listening to you talk about, like you said something about the wintertime basketball season and, you know, my mind jumped right to riding in a van, like a conversion van with my friend's mom and uh, like maybe five of our friends like going to the basketball game, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, I feel like you spoke to it in the sense of the way that the family disbands or breaks up and how that dissolves some of the other traditions that then you know the time that you get to spend together then kind of replaces that so however that time is the, mm. the tradition might be like every friday we go to chilies or something yeah like yeah that, you know what i mean and then that becomes like our tradition that's yeah. what we do and and we grow up and remember that you know like um like we would go to the zoo like my mom would take us to the zoo every it was like a special tradition in the summertime. We're going to go to the zoo. Yeah. Every year you're looking forward to it, that sort of thing. Um, And how that's such a, it's a very common story, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. especially in the States because you have a whole country that's built off of like a break in tradition Mm. and like generation after generation after generation, like breaking tradition. And so like we end up each generation having to come up with our own traditions. Like we have a, like a, like a November Thanksgiving time celebration with my family and it's and it's new it's Mm -hmm. like a newer tradition like my aunt and my mom started it when we were kids and it doesn't involve like heavy alcoholism it doesn't involve like you know a lot of other ballyhoo that goes with a lot Mm -hmm. of family drama that might occur in big like holiday season situations but it is like our thing so like me and my wife and our son will go down and hang out with our family and and spend a week if we can and all these different things become the tradition Mm, um mm. more than just like the november holiday federal holiday is the tradition but it's the time that we spend and that we create around it yeah um and so you know maybe 10 generations ago that might have looked differently we might have had more rituals more traditions around rituals that happen at specific times of the year so on and so forth reaping rituals reaping traditions things Mm. like that like when it's time to harvest all those different things um but now so much of that stuff is dissolved you know Mm -hmm. we we get together around the super bowl you know instead of getting together around the winter solstice Mm -hmm. or something like that you know what i mean Yeah. yeah It's so interesting. And I was just thinking, too, you know, obviously, you know, we're still in the midst of a pandemic. We're not on the other side yet. Um, But also coming off of 2020, a lot of um, 
people, families have made sacrifices surrounding some of these, quote, traditions, Mm -hmm. right? Things that they're used to, you know, sacrificing not going to see family or not traveling when others certainly were. But, you know, a lot of people weighing the consequences of people's safety. Um, And I actually was so relieved um, that there was a little bit of an emphasis on or or like less pressure and emphasis to like do the traditional thing so I sort of welcomed and and I know I'm not alone in this I know some other people were like oh okay like I don't have to spend the day with Aunt Nancy (laughs) (laughs) and now like you know I I can blame it on the pandemic so Mm. her feelings aren't hurt um I don't have an Aunt Nancy I just made that (laughs) up but um so you know I've, I've talked about my boyfriend several times on here always without his permission. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's a tradition. It's a tradition, really. Um, And, 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 and he's Iranian and, um, you know, he doesn't have Thanksgiving or or comes from a tradition with Thanksgiving. And so it was like, great, we're not eating turkey on Thanksgiving. Like we just didn't like, why we're not cooking a bird. We're certainly not doing it for the two of us. (laughs) Um, And it was great. We had an excellent, um, he's a great chef and we had, um, a dish called tachin and he prepared it and we had lamb and raised it was just so savory and flavorful and it was like we ate whatever we wanted to we ate a lot that day I think we had like spaghetti at lunch (laughs) it was just like a day of eating whatever we wanted and it was great um and and it just felt really good like it was just it was another day there wasn't I don't know. It was time we spent together and we were just like we're just gonna eat whatever we want when we want it and that's it was excellent mm-hmm. it was excellent um so sometimes i think um sometimes traditions can be like stressful right, right. um you know not that they're necessarily meant to be that way but i think there can be expectation is kind of what i wanted to say like mm-hmm. expectation like oh this is what you're supposed to do or this is what this is supposed to look like and like if you're not into it you know then you're like oh, okay my bad at thanksgiving cuz like i don't want to do the whole you know, I, I, I will be okay if I, I hope I live a long life. That'd be great. And you know, if, if I never cook a turkey mm. <laughs> on Thanksgiving, like right, I'm not sad about right, it. Right. <laughs> totally. If I never eat a turkey again, like, you know, whatever. But I just think it's interesting sometimes the, the amount of pressure and expectation that we can fold into some of these traditions. Mm. Um, you know, and what does that moment look like, you know, for people on Thanksgiving? And surely, I, I, you know, I want to recognize people. For a lot of people, that day was hard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because maybe you lost that sense of grounding, that sense of, you know, all of the feels, all of the good stuff that comes right, with it. Right. For others, maybe it was a relief, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. So whatever you were feeling that day, I mean, that's, that's, your, that, that's you. But... Um, you know, just kind of like acknowledging, I just, you know, the weight of expectation sometimes is what, you know, in certain things. Right, right. And that, you know, that that's a great segue into some of the other things that we've talked about with traditions and break from tradition. Um, but it made me think of something else, too, in, in, in relation to just like something like Thanksgiving, um, which has so many different undertones, depending on how mm. you're looking at it um, and how like for for my family we very much the tradition isn't so much around that being the particular Mm -hmm. um as much as it is like this is one of those times that we all can come together like Mm -hmm. my sister lives in seattle so it's like traditionally that's that time that she flies out and we Mm -hmm. go down for a week and we can all kind of hang out um and to not have that 
you know what mm. I mean, became like a little bit of a different thing, like mm-hmm. a Zoom call to try to replace that tradition, you know what I mean? And right. Hopefully the Zoom call doesn't become the tradition, you know, right. that sort of idea. Um, but yeah, I definitely have been in situations and communities where people will be like, I hate going down to see my family around this time, blah, 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 you know, it's all it's all hubbub, and then they'll be like, you want to come? I'm like, nah, <laughs> it doesn't sound like I, if you don't want to go, I don't want to go, like, I don't... <laughs> I'll break from that tradition right now. <laughs> like, I don't have to be a part of your family tradition. Sounds stressful in that situation. That's um, just like when someone takes a bite out of something. This is disgusting. You want to try yeah, you it? Want yeah. No, I don't right. want to try it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Um, no, totally. And it's like every every range on the spectrum. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, if, if we've learned anything over the past year, too, it's like just doing things a little bit differently and and if anything what maybe it reveals is what's important to us about some of those traditions Mm -hmm. like you know hopefully next year that you guys can gather around that time because you know now more than ever how important that is for you um and so like if anything baseline like what we can take away whether that day was incredibly hard for you whether it ended up being the best day ever um, we, this is a theme of the podcast, learn a little bit more about ourselves, mm-hmm. our needs, our wants, mm-hmm. and just what we need to feel fulfilled as humans and in our little human, you know, connection cosmos. And so if anything, like grateful for that, right. like that, that the last year is just like, oh, okay. Like what are things I do want to take with me? What's important that I keep, that I continue to do? And what am I going to be so glad that like, whew, okay, we lived through it and you know, mm-hmm. So write it down. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> write it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, lo- I, I mentioned this a little bit ago, and certainly you talked about a, a spiritual practice and spiritual kind of ritual. Um, that's something I'm very interested in exploring, you know, as I, as I age um, and really kind of try to figure out what's personally important to me. Mm. Um, and I just, I love that idea of, that navigation of self and sort of a spiritual tradition or practice and what that look like, what it looks like, what it feels like to build it. Um, I don't know, especially coming from somebody that doesn't necessarily have, um, you know, a lot of years behind me mm. in terms of like having a consistent practice. Right. What inspired that? If you don't mind me asking. Well, you're definitely one of my inspirations. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <rad>. <laughs> totally, totally. This whole process, um, like this whole year, um, conversations with you, um, definitely have to like g- give credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my own just personal investigation with getting sort of more interested in astrology. Um, I think I was raving to you, Mujib, about I just started reading this book on the moon <laughs> about the moon and not like Neil Armstrong moon. <laughs> Although <laughs> that's in like NASA interests me as well. Um, <laughs> But um, sort of just uh, lunar phases and, and how we connect to the moon as, as human beings and um, finding a spirituality in that. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm sort of I'm excited because I feel like I'm going and doing this like deep dive mm. and journaling a little bit more. But as it relates to I'm actually like checking the moon calendar and like mm-hmm. what is the moon phase right now? And I'm writing down like what am I feeling today and like what are my goals and like. Um, so I'm sort of in that very sort of early stage of like, just like peeling the onion back. Mm -hmm. So, 
Um, so that's exciting. Just another gift that this podcast and this relationship has given me. Like just another way to to, to grow as a human being, you know, and evolve. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about those sorts of things as well as far as like when I think about human tradition and human ritual, Mm. um, thinking around those ever-present, constant, no matter what age of humanity that you find yourself in, those staples of our existence things like the moon things like the seasons things like when the harvest comes around like we've as as humans we've always come around at those times you Mm. know like there's a there's a specific energy when the moon is full but not just because of like just the magic like you can see at night now Mm -hmm. you know what I mean versus like when the new moon is there you can't see it night. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean so like the energy is always going to be a little bit different in the full moon versus the new moon and that you know before we had lights blocking out the sky that we couldn't tell when the moon is full or not or like a city skyline that didn't even allow me to see the moon except for in a blink um, those things played much more of a role in our realities and I think that you know when we start kind of digging a little bit deeper, peeling the layers of those onions for all of us, that's always there. You know, mm. there's, you're always going to come down to that layer. That's like, Oh yeah, I'm part of me is affected by the season, by the moon cycle, by the, you know, the, the actual thing that's taking part in that season, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it, it, it brings up a lot of thought for me around those, those sorts of, it makes me really think about swimming in the summertime, mm. you know, and mm-hmm. like how much of a how much of a tradition it is to like in Vermont to like jump in the water for the first time, mm. you know, like mm-hmm. that, that like whatever, if you're a late May person or early June person or late June or early July, like however you fall into that category of like, I'm going to jump into the water now mm. in, the, in the river or the pond or the lake um, and how that can be such like a tradition. Like I know friends who are like, May 20th, that's my date. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what the temperature is. I'm going to go there in the water and jump into that water on May 20th. And especially in Vermont, because you have this reality that's like, people have been doing that since people have been here. Mm-hmm. You know, since humans have been in Vermont, when the winter turns into the spring and the spring starts rolling into the summer, people have that tradition that's like, I'm going to go down to the rock point and I'm going to swim there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. break through that ice. I'm going to jump in and jump out on that first sunny day and lay in a rock, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like we can tap into that energy, I think, sometimes. And it goes back into what you're saying about, like, how rituals can be grounding. Mm-hmm. And, and if I think about grounding, like, electricity or any other form of energy, like, it's me trying to harness that and put it into its own proper use, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, those situations can be grounding. And I find oftentimes, like we can almost like loop into this universal grounding that's happening. It's like, mm, we've had yeah. all these celestial things happen over these past couple of years. Um, and you think like, okay, it's a full moon eclipse happening. Mm. Well, it's happening everywhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, we're watching it here, but then you see pictures of how it hit in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. But then you notice like everybody's staring at the moon when the moon hits this certain point in the sky. So yeah. like, we're all sharing this energy, yeah. you know? And like, you know, it's obviously it's a different time here when it's the full moon than it is there. But mm-hmm. like it's it's almost like a domino effect. You know, you could follow the moon along. If you could look at the earth from the moon's eye view, you know what I mean? You'd see like everybody coming out <laughs> little by little and looking at the, the sky, waves. you know, this wave of people. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Looking yeah. at the sky, you know, and like um, 
nowadays it's not common that we all know what those things mean you know mm, nowadays mm-hmm. it's not part of everybody's tradition or everybody's society or community that you have somebody who can come out and be like no this is what it means when this full moon happens or you know uh, thankfully we have enough people that are studying astrology all over the world that can continue to say like no this happened the last time then and this is the type of like thing that you can do today Mm -hmm. that can help your energy going forward burn this little piece of paper or write yourself a note and bury it or Mm -hmm. you know any number of things that you might do like magically to Mm -hmm. try to um share some of the energy of the moment Mm -hmm. you know and i feel like traditionally um that's something that we as humans latch onto it's trying to share the energy of a moment you Mm. know whether it's like again i picture sports i I picture the wave yeah you know when that wave comes around the stadium and everybody stands you know um that's that's like a it's such a benign way to think about it Mm. but it is it's a it's a union of energy Mm. you're literally going to send this this wave around i don't know if you've ever started a wave in a stadium but it's like yeah it just goes you know what i mean and like it does i feel it has this like electricity to it yeah Yeah. exactly exactly (laughs) um so i think about that like how many different ways that we try to find substance Mm. through tradition through ritual Mm -hmm. in our lives you know like a substance that allows me to say like this is more than the basic of what I think I am like this Mm. is me diving a little deeper me peeling off the layer a little bit more yeah 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 Yeah, I'm just thinking about how you know like rituals and traditions they can help provide purpose Mm. or that feeling of purpose and direction I think of connection you know between others um and just all these like words that are kind of like flying into my head as as I was listening to that how important I think um like twofold as humans, like we've got to connect with ourselves in one way that we can really um, achieve that is through nature, relationship to nature. Um, And I I think it's interesting as sort of technology gets, you know, more ever present and, you know, certainly both of us having to go a little bit deeper into technology for our jobs. A lot of people, if you're working from home, if you feel like you're at this like screen fatigue and, um, you know, how can you mitigate the effects of that or counteract that? It's like you, nature. It's mm-hmm. like I've actually never in my life craved it more, you know, because I feel like I'm just so attached to this phone mm-hmm. in my hand. And mm-hmm. I, um, at least for me, so I'm like, oh, God, I got to put that down and create boundaries right. or get better about that. Um, so I think, like, again, connecting to the self and then, connecting with other human beings is just that to me it's if, if one thing is is really true about living living through a pandemic which is like you know a once in a lifetime event two if you're my grandma <laughs> shout out to Evelyn Stearns <laughs> whose birthday is coming up in March she's going to be 104 Damn. bless this woman is amazing this is her second pandemic first pandemic for most of us <laughs> Hopefully the only one, but who knows. But what I'm thinking is really, I don't know, just important for me is I'm like, I need pe- I want people. Mm. I want to be around people. I want that energy. Like, I cannot wait. 
till it's whoever's going to tell me it's okay. <laughs> like, <ooh. laughs> this person, this guy, I don't know. And that's, that's also kind of weird. Mm. Like when someone finally tells me it's okay to have an absolute raging dance party, mm. right? Like I just, I can't wait for it. Right, right. Totally. You know, or one, you know, I'm wondering what, like, you know, will it be by the summer solstice? Maybe not. Maybe not so lucky. But like when is going to be that? Oh, mm-hmm. when is it going to happen? Right, right. right. And like just what, you know, and what new traditions, rituals may come out of post-COVID. Mm. I don't know. I'm just talking. Right, right. <laughs> no, you know? I feel that. Um, because there are definitely plenty of rituals and traditions that have come with COVID, you know? <laughs> right. Like, you know, I don't know how many times I've seen somebody see me with my mask on. And remember, they don't have theirs on. And then they got to go back and get their mask and put it on their face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the ritual of hand washing mm-hmm. and sanitation mm-hmm. and temperature taking and answering the questions for entry and all these different <laughs> things that are like now there are new norm again. Right. There are right. they're, they're these, these rituals of customs, you know, like, Absolutely. like yeah. you know, it's. I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about how quickly and how much, I don't know, how much ritual can be tied to necessity mm. as well, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. again, going back to what I was saying with, with like harvest rituals and things like that, like, you know, we're going to have this big party on the harvest because it's time for us all to get together and harvest all this stuff and then we're going to process it. You know, we're going to dance in this rice. We're going to dance on these grapes to make this wine. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, we're going to make this 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 cordage by doing this dance, this braiding dance, like all these different kind of rituals that come around with this specific time period. You know, mm-hmm. and so I, I, in this moment, I'm thinking about how intertwined ritual and tradition are, mm-hmm. you know, like um, we grew up again. I grew up Muslim, so we'd go to eat at the end of Ramadan so it's a big celebration after the month of fasting and you know that's the tradition is that we're going to do that but then within that tradition there's all these different rituals that are going to happen you Mm -hmm. know like not just the prayer but at some point somebody's going to pass around this like zakat box that you're going to drop a little bit of money in for like a donation or whatever like um almost like a collection plate if you're a Christian or something um that's the ritual that's part mm-hmm. of it we've waited for that i had this 20 dollar bill in my pocket for that like my mom gave it to me when i was a little kid so that i could put it in there on mm-hmm. purpose like you know so so though those things that we're looking forward to but then it's like even deeper than that then we're going to go to this auntie's house or this uncle's house and there all the cousins and aunties and uncles are going to be there and we're gonna you know so it's like these things that we look forward to these different little rituals that fall mm. into these traditional days you know what yeah I mean? um and food, like, oh, like right. just the food surrounding them, too. I love food. Oh, my God. Totally, totally. <laughs> All of that. Um, do you do any sort of, like, um, do you have any traditions or rituals around ancestors or any, like, predecessors in this world? Mm, no, not not currently. And one part of this sort of spiritual investigation is is also kind of doing a little bit deeper investigation about that. Mm. Um, I... I come from very sort of broken lineages. And so what I mean by that is, um, for whatever reason, a lot of people in my family are divorced um, or didn't stay together. Mm. And that has just sort of resulted in, um, you know, like my, my maternal grandfather left 
the family. So my my mom and my aunts grew up without a father. So that sort of broke the chain in, in terms of their understanding of where their grandparents came from, you right, know? So right. it's, um, and much of the same on my paternal side um, or some early deaths in the family. Um, so interestingly, I, I got really into Ancestry.com for a little while, mm-hmm. to, to be honest, um, because, and I've also done the, <laughs> my DNA is logged, everybody. Like, I am, <laughs> I am in a file folder, like, it's, it's on someone's desk. Um, no, I'm not that important, but um, <laughs> I did, like, the 23andMe and Ancestry.com. I did two DNA tests. Mm-hmm. And to see how they compared, because I definitely was sort of going through this, I don't know if I'd call it a crisis, but sort of like um, trying to understand. I have this amazing matriarch in the family who I just spoke of, Evelyn, I have her middle name, who's still alive, and yet I know virtually nothing, mm. right? Like that's that's so lame <laughs> for me to like not know anything. But again, there's just, there's all of these just sort of broken connections and things um and like somebody's got to do the work like there's got to be that family historian or someone that takes it upon themselves to be like okay like I can probably figure this out um and I did a a little bit of that but not but not a lot so um we kind of touched on this like many episodes ago and I can't remember which episode but um I definitely do feel like there's got to be some strong female lineage at some point just because I I just feel that. I just know that. Mm-hmm. But I don't have anything, like, concrete to go on. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, so that's something of, of interest. I know that you have a practice a lot, mm-hmm. you know, more than I do. It's, it's very similar, though. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that as the listeners are hearing this, too, that – that's probably a very common theme, like mm. more than not. So like on my father's side, we have that family historian, my aunt Sylvia. Mm. Um, and, you know, I feel like every generation that we've had that. So like on my father's side, on my wall, there are like is my great grandmother, her mother, and then her grandmother, mm. you know? So it's like a very distinct lineage that mm-hmm. goes to me. Um, like my grandfather's mom, her mom and then her mom's mom. Um, so it's pretty easy for me to see that. But on my mother's side, zero. Like, mm. I don't know anything beyond my grandmother, mm. you know? And, like, my brother's tried to do some research, but he's only, he's come up to a dead end. Like, we really don't know anything beyond the 1920s mm. about that side of our family. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it comes from fragmentation it comes from you know rifts in the in the family it comes from disagreements and Mm -hmm. separations and things like that um and so much of our our personal history our family history our lineage that history of our lineage gets lost in the cracks and there's probably somebody on that side like I had an uncle um and he I remember speaking with him and I was like man like I was like your grandmother had like 13 kids and he's like yeah 
And I was like, so we got to have mad cousins around the city. He's like, bro, you got cousins all over the city. Mm. He's like, someday we'll just drive around. I'll just introduce you to people who are your cousins. You know what I mean? And then he, you know, unfortunately passed before he could do that. So I still don't know most of those mm. people. Um, but that that happens all the time. Like yeah. we 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 are around. It's just it's it's the story of this country. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And part of it is just the the atrocity of it is that that was part that was part and parcel of being in this country, like to break families up and split them. Um, and now it's ironic that that just happens now that divorce in our generation, like my parents were divorced, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I don't know how many of my cousins' parents were divorced, that sort of thing. So it's like our generation just, that just happened. And like the generation previous to that, like you spoke about your, your, your mom's father, um, same thing. Like dudes would just bounce or like have three families, you know what I mean? Go to get some cigarettes and never come back. So like you have this like dead stop. How are we going to even get back? And then there's all this, then there's the murky side of how did you get over on this side of the country or in this side of the world in the first place? Like what ship did you come on? And then where did that ship come from? Like how, how many people can go back to their lineage in Africa or their lineage in Europe or their lineage in in Asia, the different parts, um, or even in, in America and the the North America, South America, like it's so hard to actually keep those threads. Like you Mm. said, unless you have a family historian who can read about those things and somebody who passed that lineage down. But even then, like I go to Jane Marie, which is my, my grandfather's great grandmother. Um, I don't know anything about her parents. Mm. You know what I mean? I know she was born in Virginia Mm -hmm. and she met her husband in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, but I don't know anything else about them. Mm. You know, I don't know what her name was before she Mm -hmm. became a Chester. Like, so it's, I think that we, there's a lot of that in this country, Mm. you know, there's a lot of that, like loss of pedigree. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too, you know, each family has, you know, these, these fragmentations and also people will tend to highlight things that they're very proud about. And then what they're not so proud about, like might never get talked about. Um, and I definitely have run into that. Like, no, we don't talk about that. So then it's just like, okay, well, maybe we should because, right, right. you know, because also, you know, we've talked about intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it could be, I even think of just, you know, when you go to the doctor for a physical and you get asked these family history questions, there are plenty of things I'm like, uh, I can talk about my parents. Right, right. But even up to the grandparents in some case, in some respects, it gets murky. And I, you know... <laughs> Some of this information would be re- like really important to know. <laughs> right, right. Um, some of this stuff, whether it's from mental health, physical health, like all kinds of things. And I think something that comes to mind in terms of like what we might grasp onto, my dad very strongly identifies with a Polish heritage. Come to find out because I did my DNA test, it's about like eight, somewhere eight to 12%. Wow, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's decent but it's not overwhelming Mm -hmm. in terms of my heritage but my dad very much identifies and part of this I think is because he grew up in western Massachusetts which was a very like Polish community um he we had actually again like stream of consciousness some traditions that we um had in our family around the holidays was having kielbasa and kapusta and galumkis and pierogies and anybody that likes Polish food or knows of Polish food so that kind of became a staple tradition um and my dad used to talk about his bopchi but i mean i don't i literally don't know anything else um 
and so it was really interesting so so my dad kind of kind of hanging on to this I had an opportunity when I was graduating college to attend a program which was actually about Holocaust remembrance um, it was an interfaith trip to Poland mm. and it was incredibly profound and the trip was we, we you would visit um, concentration camps and um, it, you would be with Jews, with Christians, with Muslims, people from all over the world, and kind of come together in sort of the face of sort of like naming atrocity, talking about it in, in you know, uh, uh, the idea of being like, we can't let this happen again, right? Like, we have to see these things. We have to, like, keep these names alive. So this, this opportunity comes up, and again, I'm not... Um, particularly religious and I've certainly studied these things and have an interest in like just humanity and like making the world a better place but my my dad became aware that this was a trip to Poland and he was like I would I this is your graduation present like if this this going on this like week trip um because it was right after graduation I was like wow this is I'm like flabbergasted this is amazing but (laughs) for my father it was like like going to the motherland right, right, like it was right. nothing about not that my dad has no interest in like <laughs> history or like me having an education um but for him like he just zeroed on the location mm-hmm. he was like my daughter gets to go to Poland my dad hasn't been out of the country mm-hmm. um it was very much not the kind of trip you know it wasn't like I'm not investigating you know I I, I actually didn't and again, because I don't even know what town, like I don't, I don't know even what to look for. And there was a very specific like intent for this trip, <laughs> um, which it was incredible. I mean, it was life changing. Um, so I'm thankful to have been on it. But it was just really interesting that like what <laughs> the impetus for it was like, well, we're Polish. I want to go to Poland. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to Auschwitz, Dad. Like this is, you know, it was just, it was just really interesting that, um, you know, sometimes like what we kind of hang on to in terms of like identity markers mm-hmm. or what we hold important to us. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, never regret the, the, the gravity of this trip and, and going on and like walking on these sacred grounds, um, and and the experiences I had with people from all over the world. But um, it was just interesting, like what, what got me there. Right. You know, right, right. and sometimes I guess it doesn't so much matter how you got there, hmm. but that you landed there. Right. <laughs> right. And did you did you walk around beyond that the like destinations of that trip? Did you have any free time in Poland where you we, just gonna walk streets? It was it was very tightly coordinated. You know, we had you know specific locations, and um, it's actually for anybody interested. It's called the March for Remembrance and Hope, and I believe it's still an ongoing organization. And this was. Probably I went 15 years ago. I'm getting old, older. Um, but um, there wasn't, we did not have the opportunity to sort of leave campus. Um, it was very organized, but it was very, um, it was it was certainly profound to just be in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, I mean, I got to eat Polish food in Poland. I mean, like, you know, in terms of sort of when I went back and talked with my dad, I was like, so... <laughs> I mean, I was singing in Hebrew, like, with friend, you know, breaking bread with friends. But then, and he's like, oh, okay, so tell me about Poland. I'm like, well, I can tell you about the Holocaust, Dad. Mm. You know, so it's just, I think it was, diff- it was different, you know. I'm like, this was the trip. Right, right. <laughs> well, maybe someday you'll all go to Poland together. You yeah, know, you know, I've, I've actually thought about that, that mm-hmm. that's something. I don't want to spoil it online, but, um, or, you know, Dad, if you're listening. 
but yeah, that's something that I've, I've often thought about mm-hmm. is doing something like some kind of like heritage trip, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. Totally. I want to make sure that we, <laughs> I want to make sure that we touch on this before we leave today because we are, um, this is the eve of something incredibly historical mm-hmm. that are in, in terms of tradition and ritual, the uh, presidential and vice presidential inauguration um, is happening tomorrow. So today is January 19th, 2021. Tomorrow is January 20th, 2021. So I just want to mark that, stamp that in terms of history that we get to talk to each other the night before. And damn it, the first woman, the first black woman, the first South Asian woman is going to be inaugurated tomorrow as vice president of the United States, second in command. And I just, we have to talk about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally, totally. Because um, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And it's about damn time. (laughs) It's about time. You've been interested in politics since you were a teenager, right? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, Very much so. (laughs) I just like nerd alert. I just got really excited. (laughs) (laughs) And so... Do you, can you speak to that a little bit? Like, what is some of the weight of that on you right now that you're feeling for the moment tomorrow? I think, well, you know, a lot of things. We had a little pre-conversation before we started recording, and even just the, I haven't studied. What's interesting is actually I was more a student of international politics than American politics, so full disclosure there. Um, I have a minor in international relations, and my master's degree was pointing me towards a, a, a more, an international degree. But... Um, the ritual and tradition, the the political spectacle of inauguration is, you know, something that's just, just that spectacle, tradition, ritual of, of, um, a new presidency. And it's just going to be very interesting, sad in a way, um, of the events of tomorrow are, are, are somewhat overshadowing the, the gravitas of this moment. Like the fact that we know there's going to be an insane military presence, um, the fact that we actually have to talk about security and safety for these two people and their families, um, like that's weighing on me for sure. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's very different when we're in a pandemic. Like it's, you know, we can't, um, there's not gonna be m- millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people gathering on the National Mall, right? right. right? Um, so that's, that's not it's just gonna it's gonna be very interesting like um weird um so yeah i don't know how it's gonna feel i mean i'm certainly gonna tune in and watch um you know certain things will be the same um in terms of protocol and then just other things will be incredibly different but but still i mean the what cannot be undone taken away is is the fact that finally we have a, a woman in in office that is um just second in command it's just really incredible um and it does uh, it it you know i don't not to do the comparison thing but it's like okay united states there's plenty of other countries that i mean it's just we are so far behind mm-hmm. we are so far behind mm-hmm. in electoral politics and the lack of women right. in electoral politics and there's a whole host of reasons and which you could spend hours disgusting and d- mm-hmm. disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> that was my subconscious. It's disgusting how few women are in politics. Um, but, uh, but you know what? It's happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And let this, let this be a page-turning moment. 
um, let this be, you know, the, the, a new, not necessarily a new wave, but like keep going, you know, mm -hmm. like just build, build on this. Um, so I don't, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, was, I had this conversation yesterday, which was like, um, it's like you, you just said the page turning moment and the, the idea of keeping going and, um, the, the conversation that we were having was around how it's so easy to see where we're going mm -hmm. and and to miss the fact that we're already there in that moment you know what I mean like yeah. like not in any sort of like hypothetical way or anything like that like in a real real serious way like this person is already picking out their dress to wear tomorrow to the thing or whatever the whatever suit pantsuit that she's going to wear that sort of idea um we're already we're in that time like that is that this is the era that we are mm -hmm. living in you know um i feel like uh, the previous generation they were seeing the wave coming you know maybe mm -hmm. someday this will happen mm -hmm. and we're in the day now you know what i mean and we're looking forward to thinking like what's possible Mm -hmm. then you know like this is the day that we're in right now what is it signifying for what the future holds well ex exactly and like even you know okay so so significant to have you know a woman on the 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 vice presidential ticket right well when are we at that place where both members of that ticket are women mm -hmm. and when would that be like a thousand percent acceptable right, right, right? right. Or, you know, and I, and I don't know. I don't know when that is. When, when, when that's the day. That's the day for me, <laughs> right? When, or you have a trans woman and, or some, you know, whatever. You have two persons of color on the ticket. Like, the, the, the day where it's not like, okay, yep, we got the white guy on top here. And then let's sort of pick from which category, mm. like, right? Well, it goes back to the power of the break from tradition. Yeah. You know, like if that's been the American tradition, yeah. now we're looking at a break from that tradition. You mm -hmm. know? Um, we saw it with Obama and, and you know, we even saw it with, with Trump where you have this break from the traditional white equivalent to slave owning politician, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. who's gonna be the one who's gonna make all the decisions going forward. And you have these little turns away from that, you mm -hmm. know, that are signifying, you know, kind of cracks in a dam, if you will, mm -hmm. you know, and that this hopefully this structure that is the oppressive America continues to drift away or to dissolve. It's sledgehammer know. time. Yeah. It's sledgehammer time to the mm -hmm. dam. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love that. Let the water flow. <laughs> For real. Yeah, yeah. You know, that that will be the, you know, I've been thinking about too, and we've talked about this because again, you have your dad, um, how the work of today and what we are working on and working towards, you know, will be the benefit of really our grandchildren, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, I don't know, the, the selflessness of social justice work and like doing everything is really like you kind of have to understand that we're not going to live the fruits of our labor mm -hmm. fully, mm -hmm. fully. Yeah. But like that's okay. Like that's okay. The work is worth doing. Right. Like still do the work because, right, it's sort of that next generation, that next generation that are, that they're the ones that are going to be like, 
you know, touch screening through the news and like have that list of candidates. Like here I am talking about like a, like an all female ticket, like, or, you know, um, you know, maybe not in my lifetime, but certainly in in children's lifetime, Mm -hmm. like, right. Mm -hmm. Or like, that's the hope. That's the hope. That's the faith, you know, to like tie it back to that, that practice. Mm -hmm. Um, so, right. Like that's, that's my idea of just sort of like what we're, what we're working for and what we're running towards. Hopefully, right, right. like sledgehammer to the dam, <laughs> <laughs> so that maybe it happens a little faster. <laughs> right, right, totally, totally. <laughs> like I don't want it to take any longer. Like, great if, it, if we're on an acceleration track. Like, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the hope. But oh man, it's been almost an hour. You guys yeah, have spent with that us quick. that quick. There's you know so much to be said. So much was unsaid. Um, we can always circle back to any number one of these podcasts and just. Maybe we'll have to do that. Yeah, as I'm reading the little notes, the the like questions, the prompts that you sent out, I'm like, wow, we could have talked about any of that for a while. I, I think That's almost fun. every episode could have like a part two companion mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Like, let's revisit this, and yeah. you know. But anyway, I want to thank you guys so much. Um, I know certainly, like I talked about things I haven't ever talked about so (laughs) (laughs) it's awesome as always like thanks for thanks for listening in on another therapy session with Mujib and I (laughs) appreciate it you guys have been great uh hit us up make sure you're listening to all the podcasts which are accessible on Podbean Spotify and iTunes my name is Sarah my name is Mujib take care